Welcome to So Sorry for Your Loss. This is not your average grief group. I'm Gianna DiMedio. Thanks for joining me as we normalize the conversation around grief with the stories of those who've gone through it, a whole lot of humor, and a pinch of celebrity and entertainment news. Because fun fact, they grieve too. There's more to grief than that godforsaken dove flying over a willow tree on a sympathy card. I know you've seen it and know what I mean. Let's change the way society looks at it. Visit ssfylpodcast.com for more. Welcome back. Still hobbling around out here on my broken ankle, but I'm figuring it out. It's all right. Things are getting getting a little better every day. Today's episode, we have Amanda Rotzel back. If you listened to episode 11, where she was on with us before, you know that she is amazing and very blunt in her journey in losing both of her parents before the age of 30, which I just cannot even imagine. If you haven't listened to it, go check that out. Episode 11 for So Sorry for Your Loss. I checked in with her, wanted to see how she was doing, what the reception was like for um, uh, friends and family and strangers putting her story out there so openly because if you remember, a lot of the things she had never shared with anybody before. She was really being open about it for the first time on this podcast, which I feel so honored that she did. And she had some really interesting updates. Also, lots of good entertainment news at the end of this episode. So stick around for it. Here we go. Back with Amanda Ratzel. How are you? So excited. I'm so happy we're doing this again. Good. Me too. We had a lot of great feedback from the last time that you were on. And from what I understand, you did too. So First of all, I want to hear, I want to get into the experience of hearing back from others and perfect strangers that were reaching out and a very important that you have with your husband, a conversation you have with your husband. But first I want to hear, what was it like for you listening to it? Well, besides the fact, I know you hate your own voice. Get over that for two seconds. I do, but I'm going to be honest. So I listened to it probably 97 times. (laughs) I love it. It was probably the most downloaded one because of me. (laughs) I just continued to listen to it because it was so therapeutic on my end just to hear it. It was like listening to someone else's story kind of. And I have tried to remove myself from a lot of grief. I don't want to feel someone else's sadness, but I was trying not to feel mine. And I think I bottled so many emotions up. So one of the most common DMs or phrases when people reach out to me, or I didn't know you were going through this, or I didn't know you felt this Mm. way or this. And one that made me feel so good because I'm like, I'm hiding it. This is great. You know, I'm not projecting my grief on others. I'm not letting others know how bad it is or what I was feeling at the time. But then also I realized that I was holding it in the wrong way. Yeah. And internalizing a lot of emotions that just getting it out from when did we record last in April or May? I feel we should just delete that one as a whole because I feel so different on every view I express to you. Wow, that's crazy. But that's so wonderful. Like, I'm so happy to hear that. And yeah, I feel- no, we're definitely not deleting it because I think that's what's really cool about it is that you'll always have that to look back on and be like, wow, that's that place I was in before. I may think I'm not doing well, but I'm actually doing so much better. You know, yeah. I feel that way with a lot of my writing. Like I like to look back on it and be like, oh gosh, I was really hurting then. And I'm I'm in a much better place or whatever it may be. But just to be able to like have that kind of timestamp of your emotions is pretty cool. Exactly. What was it like for you though, to know that so many people actually cared? I was honestly shocked. I was like, oh, maybe like a few of my friends who I send it to will listen to it because they feel guilty and they should 
but I posted it and I had girls that I drunkenly met in a bar bathroom years ago <laughs> reach out to me. <laughs> I have people from high school, people I went to grade school with, everyone. I mean, That's so nice. And every single thing was so positive. And I think it, like the biggest thing I took from this is everyone deals or is dealing with grief. Grief doesn't have to be death. Losing a relationship, not yeah. because other past, but because they broke up or a friendship. I mean, I've lost a couple yeah. really good friends, not because of my crazy phase, but people grow in yeah. separate things, which is totally fine. But or know, even a loss know. of self. You know, yeah. I'm just having a baby and in this whole world of motherhood now, I've seen so many women that feel like their lives are just completely gone because they're now enslaved to this tiny little being. And I mean, I certainly feel that on some degree, but there are women that have it really, really hard. And it, it's a whole, you know, postpartum depression is real. And it's, there are so many forms of grief beyond just losing a person that you loved. I mean, there, there are so many, so many ways that people can relate to your story. So I'm, I'm glad that, that you found that too. Do you feel that it has changed your thought process about talking about your own grief? Instead yes. of holding it down a little bit more, do you think you'll be more open in the future? I want to talk to everyone. Yay! <laughs> I, I have done my job here. So sorry if your loss is now over. We've completed our mission. <laughs> yes, I want to talk to everyone. I have a little list of people in my head. Like one of my girlfriends is so great. She's been dealing with grief since my 21st birthday. Her brother passed. Mm. So that's been years now. They just celebrated his anniversary. But she lost her father and then within the same couple months, her husband's father passed. And oh it's just gosh. been this ball of thing. And I try so hard to model, you know, my emotions around her. She's so strong. Her mother is so strong. Her mother works um, with transplant recipients because her brother donated a lot of his organs. Okay. So her mother, I mean, they just carry themselves so well. But my friend will reach out every anniversary or every big milestone. Hey, I know it's Mother's Day. I know this is tough for you. Hey, I know this is the day your dad passed just thinking about you. And I'm like, you have so much on your own plate. Like, stop thinking. Yeah. Now I'm going to do that for others. Like I have friends who I, in my phone, I put down like, you know, when someone passes just so I could reach out or I know that it's their first Mother's Day or their first yeah. thing. I try to do the same thing. I try to do the same thing because I have friends friends that do it for me and it means so much. And, you know, it almost like it's it makes me sad and it makes me feel good at the same time. Like it makes me sad when I have so many texts to send out on a certain holiday or, you know, Father's Day or Mother's Day, like you said, that there are so many people that have gone through this. But at the same time, it's also this reminder to me of like, I'm not the only person that has lost a parent, I have this army of people that I can rely on that understand what I'm going through. And right. something so so simple as just a text message on one of those holidays is really important. So I never realized, like you said, the army you have behind you, and yeah. it doesn't always have to be someone who else lost their parents, because I thought that I could only relate to people. I don't know, I'm so happy I connected with people of all different kinds of feelings, not just yeah. I lost this or loss of that. Yeah, I'm really glad to hear that too. So then you also shared that, Greg, your wonderful husband came to you and sat you down after listening to the episode. So tell me a little bit more about that. Well, every single person gave me such positive feedback. And I, you sent me the podcast 
before it was released. I think I was in Connecticut or Arizona. I was away whenever you sent it to me. So I was Mm -hmm. able to listen to it on the plane. But the whole time, my whole vacation, I was like, did you listen? Did you listen? Did you listen? And he was like, yeah, I did. And I was waiting for the biggest congratulations. This was so great. You let out so much. And he's like, we'll talk about it when you get home. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And I was like, just... And so he was like, I am so proud of you. That was the most vulnerable. I've heard you've been in such a long time. It was really raw and, you know, you spoke your truth, but I'm just a little concerned because it seems that you're holding on to displaced anger. Mm -hmm. And he really, I'm like shivering when I get nervous. Um, You're holding on to displaced anger and you're holding on to a lot of stuff that, not that you shouldn't because you're allowed to feel however you feel, but is it really benefiting you to not let this go at this point. I yeah. mean, things that you're feeling are validated and he didn't say anything was wrong, but is that helping your every day to day? Is that going to change what happened? Is holding That's on to such this- a good way to put that. Yeah. Going to move you forward in the direction you want to move. You know, you learn from your parents, you know, what, how you want to live your life and how you don't mm-hmm. and how you want to move forward and how you want to carry yourself and you know, the way you felt in those times. Is how you felt in those times. That doesn't mean you need to feel that now. Mm-hmm. And if you don't let go, like you're going to miss out on so many things moving forward, just holding on to so much from the past. Yeah. So I don't know. He just, he's calmer. He's cooler. He's more collected than I am. He can process his things without laying everything on the table yeah. where I've been trying to, but I think I laid it all out. Didn't Mark even mention? He was like, she's got some things she needs yeah, to Yeah, so with. right. So then my husband listened to the, this podcast with Amanda. First of all, he was listening to it as he was driving somewhere and he called me and I answered and he just goes, she has a brother. <laughs> I was like, I know, right? Like this episode is insane. But then, so then he listened to the whole thing and he was just so blown away by your story and the way that you held yourself. But he did say like, she's got a lot of anger. She's holding on to a lot. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, I think that she's working through it. But yeah, there's still some things left over. And he was like, no, I think like she has a lot of work to do still. And then so I I was really, and I I shared with him, I said, her husband actually sat her down and said the same thing. And he was like, good for him. Like, that's awesome that he can do that. And it really shows a strong relationship. But with all of this said, I'm really interested. What was your reaction to that then? Were you able to say like, okay, valid? Or did you get defensive? I was obviously like, you're wrong. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, you have no idea. I'm fine. You know, I feel so good. I put it all out there. You're the only one who has mentioned this. Literally, I'm not exaggerating when I say I probably got close to 75 or 80 DMs. That's awesome. Everyone was so supportive. So obviously, if you're the only one feeling this way, then you're wrong. Mm -hmm. And I love to be right, obviously. So... But I agree with them. Of course. I mean, We're women. We're always right. <laughs> but everything he said is so right. And I feel even in the couple months since, I've really worked on just letting it go. And I am dealing with someone. We lost a member of our family who was a pillar in it. And she helped raise me. And she kind of took over my mother role. And someone who was going through their grief journey with losing her is also really angry. But he's outwardly feeling these emotions. And I kind of had the conversation with him that Greg – had with me multiple times and it's too soon to tell if there is a difference but i'm hoping he heard that and Mm -hmm. can kind of do it just because 
he's allowed to feel however he feels and he's so it's so fresh and so new that it's fine but it's not going to benefit yeah. anything it's not going to bring them back it's not going to change your past with them i think there's a grace period i think that you have to have that time to let that anger be there to be able to dissect it i think and then I, after a while and there's no set time you know we always talk about like with grief it's not like okay a year pack it up time to you know think about something else there's no set time of when that anger is valid or not or when it's been there too long or whatever it is but i think that if the person can at least say i'm working on not making this a mainstay here in my life and in right. my heart and as long as that is understood it can stick around but as long as you know that it's it's not going to be a benefit to you like greg said like what is this helping you with in your in your day-to-day -day life because after a while it's just really heavy baggage to carry really heavy yeah and I just think I felt it so different because mine was internalized and I didn't that wasn't the only emotion I I don't even know how to describe it that wasn't the only emotion that I put on the table like I was sad when my parents passed and then I tried to hide it by being like too happy and stuff so I've never really dealt with someone who's openly angry when mm -hmm. they're dealing with grief mm -hmm. so I'm trying to help him like get through it quicker I think where you're right he I mean, he can feel like this for years there's no right or wrong and he's very valid in feeling that way yeah. I just want him to know because I feel like I've worked through it and I feel like I'm on the other side of at yeah. least the anger portion of it like you're going to feel better when yeah. you step through and you just like take that deep breath of fresh air and realize it's just it's okay so what has there been specific work that you've done with yourself over these last couple months since having that conversation with Greg and since we did the episode to get yourself to the place where you are today, this light and free, airy Amanda that is no longer lugging around that baggage of anger? Well, I think a lot of it had to do, I'm in a whole new routine in life. Mm -hmm. I started working again. I was off for about a year. I was on fun employment, but I was caring for someone in my family who had cancer. So I was at their house like a couple of times a week. I was driving them to their treatments and all this stuff. So I was in a dark place and I didn't, or not a dark place. I was just trying to deal with certain things that never really got me out of a hole. Mm -hmm. Like once I passed. You were still in that world of grief. Right. Once I mean, I like we one talked about with Alzheimer's, it's the same thing with cancer. Like if that is, that's a grief to, to deal with something so close to, to death like that, basically, you were still very much in that world. Like give yourself some credit for that. And I just lost my dad. So I hit the every first holiday. I lost him in March. So I hit Father's Day, then my birthday. And, yeah. you know, and as soon as March 1st rolled around and I was like, oh, I can breathe on my first throw over. I think the first throw the hardest. I lost my aunt, April 25th. So then now I'm going through that process again with all my first and all this stuff. So I was really dwelling in a, and it happened literally the week that we recorded the podcast. I lost mm. her. Uh, it was, I think we recorded like April, the end of April and I lost her April 25th. Wow. So then I helped you know, and I did all this stuff. So I was just in this ball of emotion, but now yeah. I'm like, outside again. I'm working a normal schedule. I'm working out again. Greg and I are cooking and doing all these fun things that I'm yeah. like, there's other things to focus on in life than grief and your emotions and stuff. And it's not that I don't feel it. And it's not like I took any necessary steps to get out of those places. I just went back to a normal life. Yeah.
which yeah. in turn helped me, I guess, realize it's okay to focus on yourself and it's okay to like prioritize and it's okay to- Of course. Of course, but it's so hard to see that when you're in it. And I think one of my biggest problems is when I stop focusing on myself and I stop prioritizing me, I don't realize it. I'm the same way. I put so yeah. much emphasis on everything else around me because I think I'm doing the right thing. And then I realize that I'm putting myself at risk in the process. Right. And that never ends up well for anyone. <laughs> and I, you just don't realize it until you're on the other end of it. And I'm like, wow, I treated myself really poorly. Yeah. And I wasn't doing anything specific, but like I wasn't on a normal sleep schedule, which I love sleep so much. Oh, but it wasn't on a normal sleep schedule. I wasn't working out. I wasn't feeding and fueling my body the way I should have. I, I wasn't doing taking the necessary steps to be like an actual human being Yeah, for a really long time. And so now that I am, I feel – I feel so different just doing that. But that's what's so interesting about this is like, it's not like you did anything crazy. It's not like you're like, oh, I went to an intense rehab and I went to therapy for 30 days straight and I did this and did that. You literally are like, I just put myself on a schedule. I started eating better. I started getting some sleep. It is the simple things that I think people that aren't going through this take for granted that they are able to just do so easily where for people that are grieving, it's really hard to put one foot in front of the other. If I could sleep 20 hours a day and wake up to eat, same. I'd be fine. Same. I'd be more than fine. And mm -hmm. on days that I wasn't caring for my aunt, that's what I did. Mm -hmm. I just laid in bed and I'm like, oh, I deserve this. No, like I deserve to eat real food and I deserve to move my body and my body deserves mm -hmm. to see sunlight. Yeah. And I deserve to have like real conversations with my husband, especially he works from home most days. So being home together every single day, it's a lot of quantity, not quality. So I deserve to like put our relationship forward. And now yeah. we're never in a bad place, but now we're even in a better place. And I like the way you put that. I'm sure a lot of couples are going through that. I know that my husband and I are where, it's, yes, we're together all the time. But I feel like I, I maybe say like three sentences to him throughout the day that are like valid, you know, that aren't dealing with the baby or plans or this or anything, you know, it's like, I'm really trying to find that quality time is, mm -hmm. is a struggle, but so important to your mental health. And again, you know, when you're not feeling good, that's not necessarily the first thing on, on your mind to do, but putting those relationships and putting yourself first are good. Well, I'm so happy to hear that you're doing so well. This is like super okay. awesome. Okay. And then as always, we like to talk about some pop culture stuff. And are you a country music fan? Yes, I love yeah. Who are some of your favorites? I love Sam Hunt, Tim oh, McGraw. Yeah. I love Tim McGraw. I mean, I oh grew my up gosh. on Yeah, like love him. McGraw fan, so like the old, old stuff. Same. I'm yeah. very like 90s country. Like mm -hmm. Alan Jackson, Brooks and Dunn, that whole. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That I um, love. Who, it was like... Uh, like even Faith Hill, she had some good ones. Tim McGraw's wife. I love anyway. Paisley too. Who? Brad Paisley. Oh yeah. Anyway, I say all of this because Luke Bryan, who is a country music powerhouse, is coming out with a documentary. And there's a quote that he told People Magazine saying, I've had exactly. so many. I'm sorry, say so, it again. I've been waiting for you to bring this up because I read the article last night and I know a quote you're going to say. And I'm so excited to talk about this. Good. Luke Bryan told People Magazine, I've had so many tragedies in my life. It's almost like you don't want to tell the story because you don't want to feel like you're out there craving sympathy. 
I can certainly feel this. I mean, I feel that way with this, the whole, what I'm doing here with, so sorry for your loss. Sometimes it's like, I, I have this, this battle in my head of like, I want to be out there and I want to promote it because I think it's so important, but I also don't want people to think that I'm just talking about my story because I'm craving sympathy. Like I'm, I'm not, I really, I truly don't think that I am. I, I, I feel that I have a lot of great support and I'm really thankful for that. And I'm out there spreading this message because I think it's important for people to hear. I think that people can benefit from it. And I, I felt really empowered to hear somebody in such a, a, a high position state basically the exact same thing. Exactly. I like this platform. I mean, I can't praise it enough. I met you through it. We did the first podcast. That was like my full therapy session. I'm not even looking for a therapist anymore. And now so many people <laughs> out to me saying they were in similar situations and all this stuff. But I feel the same way. I hate telling people my parents passed only because I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not anything, but it's the the look on their face. Yeah. The look on their face. And it's not like talking about, oh, what'd you have for lunch today? Well, my parents died. It's more like, oh, my parents do this or my parents are from here. What about your parents? And I'm like, well, they passed away, but you know, it just comes up naturally in conversation. Yeah. And the look on people's face. So it right there in that conversation. I think that the rest of the world expects that they have to offer some type of sympathy and that the conversation immediately must put the brakes on and shift into this element of sadness. And how can I, you know, I I need to be sensitive to how I approach this conversation, but it doesn't. And I think the best thing for people to do is continue asking questions as if they were still here. Oh, okay. So what did your mom do? Oh, that sounds really interesting. Did she like her job or no? Like, I think that opportunity to tell stories about the people that you lost is one of the best gifts that you can give to somebody. So to, to act and not even, I don't want to say act, but to just to continue the conversation, keep ask them about their parents as, as if they're, they were still people. They're yeah. still, your, your family are still here or was oh, yeah. still part of you. I'm so sorry. Your mom moved. Oh God. I, yeah. Sorry. You, yeah. you don't like that. Just it's, I obviously have parents. I was born just because they're not here right now. Doesn't mean that they weren't here at one point. Yeah. So I think this will be really interesting. Um, the Luke Bryan special. So it says he, his, his older brother, Chris was killed in a car accident. Uh, he was only 26 and then his older sister, Kelly died suddenly at 39 years old from an unexplained natural causes, which I hate those kind. That's just horrible. I mean, I don't know how you get any type of, I don't even want to say closure cause it's hard to get closure at all, but when it's unexplained natural causes, like what the hell is that? Uh, and then in, in 2014, his sister's husband had a heart attack and died at 46 years old, leaving behind their three children and Luke Bryan and his wife, Caroline took them in and helped raise them along with their two sons. So, um, I think it'll be, it'll be touching to, to see his story. So putting that out there for everybody to, to check that out. That is airing on IMDb TV. It's Amazon's premium free streaming service. So that comes out August 6th. So I guess next week, next up, are you a sex in the city fan? I mean, you're a female in your 30s, so the answer is absolutely, right? Okay, good. We would end this call if you were not. <laughs> Have you been following along at all that they're rebooting and starting a, uh, and, and what, what's it called? Like, and just like that. Just like that. Yeah. I am. 
I follow this account on Instagram. It's called Dumois. Yes. Post- oh, love Dumois. Yes. So I follow. Anon, them. please. I've written in for that. And I'm like, you don't have to make me anonymous. Like, <laughs> Put it out there. Show it yeah. all. But I do. I feel like it's a little conflicting because I've heard some rumors about. Before we go any further with this, I want to say major spoiler alerts here. I, I think they're major spoiler alerts. But at this point, who knows? Because I, this is how I feel with the Internet these days. Like you said about Dumois. As soon as one outlet has it, they all have it. It's all over the place. There's like no such thing as secrets anymore. These poor celebrities. I mean, it's like people are like, just want to let you know I was sitting behind Channing Tatum and he had extra cheese on his burger. Anon, thanks. Okay. It's like a girl walked by. Are they dating? Yeah, exactly. So spoiler alert if you don't want to hear anything about the, the new Sex and the City reboot. But now go ahead. Continue. So I read that a certain Mr. Big died the first episode or something. So I think, and that makes her single again, which would the whole storyline because that was her single in the city, dating yeah. around. I mean, I hope not. They just built this huge closet. They just got the penthouse. I, I know. I cannot have him die. I I'm know. Not ready for that. Samantha's not coming back already. It's just a, no. I'm having a lot of fun watching all the pictures that get submitted of them filming throughout the city and like the outfits and just seeing the gang all together again is really cool. But as soon as I saw this spoiler alert that Mr. Big allegedly. Oh, yeah, we have to say allegedly. Allegedly dies in one of the first episodes from a heart attack. That is a hard fucking no from me. My dad passed of a heart attack. I I just, I can't, I can't do it. I will not subject myself to that. Like even now that I know it and it's not going to be like I'm caught off guard, I still like, I just, no, no. I still like cry every time I watch the part of the original movie when she's attacking him with the, the oh, bouquet was- and Charlotte is like, no. That, I mean, if I can't even get through that scene, like no way in hell am I getting through no, I am so excited, but I'm so mad. I'd rather it catch me off guard because now the whole time I'm going to be like, oh, he's going, he's going. Is this it? Sneezed. He's breathing weird. I like, sneezed. <laughs> so I'm just, I feel like I'm going to not even be able to enjoy it because I know he's leaving. He's done. I know. But at but- the same time, what I want to say is Carrie going to spend this new reboot grieving? And are we going to have one of our main girls really going through it and really showcasing what we go through all the time. I mean, I hope. Yeah. I really hope so. I think that would be such a good storyline just to make it more normal. Yeah. She's just grieving better close than all of us. I know. Even fabulous people grieve too. But uh, that's, you know, uh, now I'm sitting here thinking, well, gosh darn it. I guess I have to, to I have to, gosh darn it. I guess I got to watch that damn show. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll have you watch it first <laughs> or somebody else. And then, uh, and then I'll see, because I think it could be interesting if she really goes through the, the grieving to, we'll definitely want to highlight it on here. I think of things like that normal people or people who aren't necessarily in the exact situation. So I think the series ended with that movie where she was about to get married, right? And then they got married at city hall. Is that where it ended? No, because there was a two. There was Sex and the City 2. Oh, where they went to... Um, Abu Dhabi. Yeah. But, yeah. so my whole thing is, they just got this beautiful penthouse. They built this life together. He built the closet, which is, 
obviously the only what thing dreams are made of said it 19 times already the closet but i think of things like you know while she's grieving is she going to be able to stay there they've built this memory they bought this place together it's mm-hmm. theirs is that something where a storyline and not that it matters it's not going to make or break the show but those are things i think of are you going to be able to continue your life in this yeah are you going to be able Obviously, it's sex in the city. If he does die, she allegedly, she's going to start dating and doing different things. Is she going to bring her friends back to that place or, or dates or anything? Or is she going to have to sell her dream home because she can't be in a spot that reminds her of Mr. Big? Exactly. And since they're making this so dramatic, I would not put it past them, especially with Carrie and Big's relationship being so turmoil always. <laughs> like... Did they get into a huge fight and she stormed out and then that's what happened. The last thing she probably said is, I hate you. I don't know about this relationship or. Right. And then it's like her dealing with the regret or is there anger she's going to be dealing with? And then we'll have her on as the third person in this podcast and we'll sit down and talk with her and be like, Carrie, girl, you got to let it go. It doesn't serve you. One last thing I wanted to mention uh, for pop culture, we are huge Bravo watchers here. Below Deck Med, fabulous show. It's so interesting watching everything that goes on. Two cast members are dealing with grief. There's always somebody on the Below Deck cast that has lost sibling, parent, somebody. Uh, I guess last season it was Allie lost her grandfather during the... Oh, I was going to say she was out at sea or... Something, right? Yeah. Yeah. During the season. This season, we have Lexi, who is from the Bahamas, and she lost her father three months prior to coming on the show, which is just crazy to me. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, we're going to have we're going to have some problems here. I just I just think that I don't I don't want to say I think it's too soon to be working. I think it's too soon to be thrown into the situation of putting yourself on camera. I think it's just a lot of stress. Being stuck on a boat with the same exact people for yeah. most of the time. No yeah. shot. It's a it's a powder keg. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of playing out because she's just she's a mess. I mean, sorry, Lexi. I I you know, that that was obviously filmed probably over a year ago. Uh, I hope she's gotten some help because she's she's really screaming for it on the show. She's just not not a nice person. Well, um, I watched that episode last I saw the episode last night. It aired, I guess, like two weeks ago. But she started flipping out at people and she was in a van on the way home with someone, another girl, not Courtney. And she said, the girl said something. She's like, yeah, but did you lose your dad three months ago? And the girl's face dropped and she was like, I didn't even know. Yeah. So I mean, resonated so much because I'm like the hurt that I saw in this poor girl's eyes. Like she was so angry. And I mean, the night just got worse and worse. Oh, yeah. it, it, any better from there and then she woke up the next day and she was like I don't even know what I said I can't apologize uh-huh. and she was feel defensive because she didn't feel like she was in the wrong because she's like people should be sensitive to me I'm grieving but no one really knew that she was and it was this whole thing and I'm like I want to write yeah. her a letter I've been there I've, I've done it it gets better it just it's awful in the moment yeah I you know it's interesting you talk about the morning after because she did wake up and didn't really have any remorse and kind of was just like oh I don't even know what I said I don't remember and my dad always used to say you know God is good because he can take away your memory after drinking but if he was really good he would take away everyone else's that is the smartest thing I ever heard in my life (laughs) 
Yeah, and that was one of those situations where I'm like, oh, girl, you better wish nobody else remembers, but I doubt it because it, it was a rough night. Aired on national television. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I have to imagine she's getting a ton of hate mail, and I'm, and it's not helping the matters at all. I'm sure. I just, I, I don't agree with anything that she says or does. I also think there's a lot of deeper issues that are not just grief related, but I can also feel for her because I know it's an incredibly tough time, and then to have all that added on top of it. But on the contrary, we also have Courtney on this season who. Her father is suffering from Alzheimer's. And first of all, I give Courtney a lot of credit to, to still be pursuing her passion and pursuing her life's work and her dream to, to be yachting and going around the world when knowing that that's going on back at home. But I just think it's very interesting how these two women are handling it so differently. And Courtney has her moments where she cries, but you know she's, she's going into the, her own cabin and she's not lashing out at others. And I don't know that we've we've had seasons where there have has been somebody who suffered a loss, um, but not a season where there's two people going through a really tough time at the same time, and to see them doing it, handling it so differently has been has been interesting this season. And they're kind of on opposite ends. Yeah, like Courtney knows her dad's going to pass. You don't know really know when or where, but she's waiting for that moment and she's waiting for that call. And she's in the one episode they were all drunk, facetiming their family, having the best time ever, and. You know, I think Lexi and Courtney went in the bathroom together and Lexi was probably start what started to fuel this is like she can't call. It's not mm-hmm. even that she doesn't want to or she doesn't want to see how bad he's doing, how Courtney would feel. But she's she literally can't call him. And then Courtney's dad, she said something to the effect of, I'm just waiting for the day he doesn't know who I am. I know. And then he's kind of gone. But while he's still here, it's yeah. not even that coma thing like my dad passed in a coma and so did my aunt and you know you you know they're not there everyone says they can hear you whatever but you're watching them go but this man is living breathing and speaking to you right and has no idea who you are that has to be yeah and that can be confusing for for somebody that's listening me saying like oh Courtney's grieving and they're like well but her dad is still alive but that's very much the case that's possible you can grieve somebody that is still here 100 percent yeah like you said earlier to round out the episode like you said earlier you can grieve anything really a loss of self a loss of your job a loss of a relationship whatever it is we'll end the episode there as we just made it come full circle you can grieve all of those things but it is possible to i don't want to say get better but just just move on with your life from it to confront all the issues from it confront the anger but you can get better i mean it it's okay to move on it doesn't you don't forget people I think that was my biggest thing like if I didn't hold on to what I was feeling it it was like another pile of dirt on the grave and it it felt moving on made me forget them and I'm allowed to celebrate the good times I had with my parents and I'm allowed to celebrate achievements that I'm feeling now and I don't have to feel guilty and I know why I'm here and it's it's okay to move forward I have such a cheesy smile on my face. I feel like I'm going to cry. I really am so proud of you. You are like, you really are a different Amanda that I'm talking to right now than I talked to in April. And there was nothing wrong with that Amanda that I talked to in April, but it's just, you've just made progress and I'm, I'm really happy for you. I feel really good. And I feel like a big catapult to all of that was you doing this, doing this again. Yeah nice awesome well we'll keep on doing it because i love talking to you and i think we have such productive conversations so thank you so much for being here thank you so much for having me i enjoy every time we do this and i hope we continue doing it 
Thanks for listening. Head over to Instagram to follow more at so sorry with Gianna. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave that five-star review. I would love you for it. More to come on this season of So Sorry for Your Loss. So stay tuned. Stay tuned.